The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn a sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday afternoon, September 7th, 2023. My name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Well, we get closer and closer to uh, Auburn football game day on Saturday versus Cal. Uh, We get closer to that. We have uh, NFL football starting tonight uh, in the NFL season. If you're into that sort of thing, um, Excited to uh, see what that season looks like and uh, get get that season underway tonight. Chiefs and Lions tonight uh, in week one of the NFL season. So lots to talk about today. It's a busy show as it always is here on a Thursday afternoon. I uh, want to talk a little Auburn Cal because uh, some of the Cal players have had some things to say about this Auburn game, about this Auburn team. Uh, we need to talk about some of those comments that some players have made and uh, how they're not really scared of the Auburn name, of the Auburn brand. So uh, we'll talk about that here today. Also, uh, going to have some more of my uh, Jesse Palmer interview from last week. Didn't get to play the whole thing. In the back half of this, uh, get to I got to ask him three or four good questions about Auburn specifically. So Jesse Palmer from ESPN, uh, their college football analyst. So excited to have that for you. Um, as of right now, no Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. They are uh, getting everything ready, traveling out to Cal. It's kind of crazy for them right now. So Uh, As of right now, uh, no Bradlaw. We'll pick back up with him next week here on the show. Uh, But then in hour number two, we'll start off the show with Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge uh, after their tough loss last week against Enterprise as they get ready to travel to uh, Dothan tomorrow uh, for Auburn High School. So we'll talk to head coach Keith Etheridge in, uh, in hour number two. And then Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will be joining us this week. Uh, last week we caught him in the airport and uh, and I told him not to worry about it that we'll pick up the following week. So Chris Gordy will be back on the show this week coming up at 3.30 so in the second hour. So excited to talk to him. Uh, excited to talk to you as well. What's on your mind? How are you feeling as we get into a Thursday afternoon Auburn Cal, let's start taking picks. Let's start pick, taking predictions on the show today because uh, I'm interested in in how you're feeling about it, how you are um, just – what's your thoughts going into this game? Are you confident in Auburn winning this game against Cal? Are you worried about Auburn going on the road? We've heard all the, the different narratives and the stories about Auburn – traveling across the country Uh, the plan is for them to be leaving out this afternoon uh, this evening to get out to Cal and and start getting ready for that game so I want to hear from you today 
today and tomorrow. I want to hear from you, your thoughts, your predictions. Are you confident? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you worried? What's on your mind and how are you feeling about Auburn versus Cal? Phone lines are open for now. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to me. Call in. Be on the line. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. It's a great show today. I'm excited. And so let's go ahead and uh, jump into this thing. It was said yesterday On the show, I said it very briefly, but a quote that came out from Cal's very talented, very, very electric, very dangerous running back, Jaden Ott, who we've seen the stats of what he did in week one versus North Texas. Auburn's going to have their hands full with Jaden Ott on Saturday night. Here's a quote that he said about Auburn yesterday. He said, quote, there's a lot of focus on the name Auburn, but what I see on film is not really in comparison to what their name is. I just want to get that into my guys' head that a name doesn't mean anything. Let me say that again. From Kyle's running back, Jaden Ott, says there's a lot of focus on the name Auburn, but I, what I see on film is not really in comparison to what their name is. I just want to get into my guys' heads that a name doesn't mean anything. That's a heck of a statement from from a running back at Cal. Again, a very impressive running back at Cal. But a player from the Pac-12, the bottom of the Pac-12, when an SEC team is coming to your place. And I talked about this yesterday, right? I talked about, I mentioned this a little bit on when you look at this when you look at this game and you look at this matchup and you look at what this what Saturday night is going to be like in Berkeley, California, this is a really big moment for Cal. This is a big opportunity for the Golden Bears because there is a, a big-name school from the big old bad SEC coming across the country to your place for a game on Saturday night. And so this is a massive chance for Cal to turn their program around by beating an Auburn team that's trying to turn its program around. But that doesn't matter because Auburn is a big name in college football. Auburn is a big name in college athletics. And when a team has a chance to knock them off, they're going to do their best to do that. But it's interesting that Cal's running back is saying there's a lot of focus on the name of Auburn But what he sees on film is not really in comparison to what their name is. What do you think he meant by that? I'm curious on what your your thoughts are on this, my listeners. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think he means by what I see on film is not really in comparison to what their name is? 334-321-1390, that's the number. It's just such a weird comment to make. Like It's such a weird... And I don't want to say dumb, but a not smart comment. Like, there's no reason for a, for a player in any team, in any conference, at any level, to talk bad about the other program in this sort of way. A program that you have absolutely no relation to. This isn't Auburn, Alabama. This isn't Ohio State, Michigan. This isn't Clemson, Florida State. It's Auburn, Cal in week two. 
two programs that have never played each other. And yet, after just one week of play in the college football season for 2023, after he had a really good performance, and we can be honest, Auburn's run defense didn't have a great day against UMass. But with all of the buildup to this game and all of the opportunity that's at stake for Cal in this football game, you are the main focus. Everybody knows that if you're the running back, Jaden Ott. Why would you come out and say that about a team that's coming to your place? A team that is more talented than you, a team that's from a better conference than you, and has a better football coach than you. Why would you say that? It's just really weird. It's just an odd statement to make, and I'm curious on what you have to say. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? It's Shane. Hey, Shane. What's up, man? I mean, I say it because you are dumb. That, that was the dumbest thing that kid could have said. And the other reason is he's a kid. He, he, he's, he's, he's got a high from last week. They did really well. and That's, that's great, but... You know, Auburn probably showed 50% of what they're capable of. Um, and, and you just gave the, the, the better team fuel to come across the country and rub your nose in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, you're, you're, uh, I get that he's, you know, super high and confident off of last week's performance. And, look, trying to get his team up and motivated and ready for this game, sure, I give you a little extra fuel. Yeah. But you're absolutely right, Shane. All you're doing is giving Auburn more fuel, a team that's overly confident in this game, or at least they should be, talent-wise, coaching-wise, skill-wise. You're giving them an extra piece of motivation to come across the country and be like, yeah, let's go, like you said, rub their nose in it in their place, in their state, and then head back home and never think about this game again. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Once we beat them, and, you know, I thought it was going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close now. I think we're going to beat them by two touchdowns now. And and once we do, when we go back home, we won't think about Cal again. Right. Right. They're going to be – it's not going to – they're not going to pop into our, into our brains again because it's Cal. And, and But, you know – but they are clearly, or we are clearly on their mind, and it's a big game for for them. Not not a good big game for us. So, so I don't know. Maybe maybe um, this was a great thing that 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 happened because you know maybe maybe the jet lag, you know, come going across country, playing late at night. Maybe all these factors. Maybe it might have put a damper on our performance. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that it is now. I, I, don't, I don't see Hugh Freeze letting that happen. You know, he seems like this nice guy, nice coach on the out, on the out. You know, but when he's in the locker room, I'm guaranteeing you, he's 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 pumping them up about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that we're going to underperform on you know on Saturday. No, that, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Hugh Freeze is the type of coach that'll see this. Look. He saw this. The players have seen this. Everybody that needs to have seen that quote, and that's why the guy made it too, right? That's why Jaden Ott, the running back for Cal, that's why he made it. He wanted that quote to be heard and to be read and to be seen. And I guarantee that Hugh Freeze and Auburn will use that on Saturday when they walk into that stadium in Berkeley, and they're going to say, they believe they can hang with you. Prove why they can't. And I think that's what Auburn has to do on Saturday. Yeah, and they will. All right, man, where are you? Yeah, appreciate the call, Shane. 334-321-1390. Interested, uh, again, in, in more of my listeners and callers on what your thoughts are on the comments from Cal's running back, Jaden Odd. And here's the quote again if you missed it. He said, quote, there's a lot of focus 
on the name Auburn, but what I see on film is not really in comparison to what their name is. I just want to get that into my guys' heads that a name doesn't mean anything. And like I tend to do on this show, I'm going to look at this from both sides. All right? Look at this from the Cal and Jaden Ott perspective. An SEC team is coming in where most other conferences are supposed to be scared of, right? Most other conferences, everybody here in the SEC pounds their chest and says the SEC is the best conference in college football because it is. And with that comes a level of an intimidation factor, I think, where that when, when an SEC team rolls in, everybody notices, right? Everybody takes notice when an SEC team's bus rolls into town. And when that team walks into the stadium, everybody knows they're there. But when you look at this from the Cal perspective, you're trying to not be intimidated by an SEC team. You're trying to not be intimidated by a top 15, top 20 college football program of all time at Auburn. You're trying to look past those things and look at Auburn for what they are right now, which nobody really knows what they are right now because they're in a rebuilding stage also. So I get it, right? I get what Cal's mindset is here. I get what their perspective is here, and I get why their players are are thinking this, right? They feel they have a real opportunity to knock off an SEC team, get probably their best win in who knows how long in Cal football. They're looking at this as a prime opportunity. They, they quote, smell blood in the water, right? There's no blood. Auburn's not wounded. Auburn's fine. Auburn's good. And Auburn, if they do what they're supposed to do, they're going to handle business Saturday night. And Cal will get humbled really quick. The Pac-12 will get humbled really quick. Because one game in, in week one against North Texas should not give you the overconfidence to be able to hang with an SEC team like Auburn. And no, Auburn's not where they need to be. We know that. We know that. And I get why Cal has the confidence they do. But I just don't understand making your making those thoughts and feelings so public. And look, am I reading too much into this? Maybe. But the statement was made, and I felt it was important to talk about it today. Because as I just told Shane, and he was spot on, you better believe Auburn will use this. You better believe Hugh Freeze will use this as motivation for Auburn Saturday night in the locker room. And that's exactly how I would say it. I'd pull up the quote. I'd print it out. Put it on a poster. Bring it in. And say that team in the other locker room on the other sideline believes that they can hang with you. They believe that they can beat you. They're a bottom-tier Pac-12 team, and you are from the SEC. Prove why they're wrong. And if Auburn plays Auburn football, they're going to do that. If they don't let all this other stuff affect them, they'll do that. At that point, it just comes down to, do you want it or not? Because Auburn's the better team. There's no doubt about it. How do you know that? How do I know that? Why do I believe that? Because as I've said all week long, if Cal were coming to Auburn, if Cal were coming to the Plains to play in Jordan-Hare Stadium, I would have zero worries. 
None. I would have, I would put the house on Auburn to beat Cal if they were in Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday. Put the house on it. Put the kids' college funds on it. Put whatever. That's how I know. That's why I believe that Auburn's the better team here. Better coached, better athletes, better team. But you're not. You're on the road. All of those factors of the travel and the time and the jet lag and all those different things, they are a factor here. And they can affect Auburn. They can affect this football game. It just comes down to how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to win? How bad do you want to prove that Auburn football is legit? This is a game you're supposed to win. This is not a game that Cal is supposed to win. They may be confident and think they're going to win this thing, but they're not supposed to. Auburn's a touchdown favorite on the road on a Saturday night game across the country. That tells you all you need to know. 334-321-1390. would love to get your thoughts on this conversation on Auburn Cal in general. How are you feeling? What are your thoughts? What are your predictions? Um, do you know anybody that's going to the game? I know so many people flying out yesterday, today, even tomorrow. I'm going out to Berkeley and, and taking it all in. So give me a call. Let's have a conversation here on Thursday afternoon. 334-321-1390. Question of the day when we come back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, we'll get to question of the day coming up in just a few minutes. But one other note uh, that I wanted to uh, to mention when it comes to um, this Auburn and Cal game, another interesting note um, going into this thing. I've talked about just the, the lack of history with Auburn and Cal, but there is a little bit of history with the two quarterbacks. And this was a story um, in, in a note that Nathan King from Auburn 247 and Auburn Undercover uh, actually wrote an article about. Really, really good piece. If you're subscribed to that, go check it out. If you're not, I highly recommend you go check these guys out. Had Christian Clemente, uh, my recruiting guru, on earlier this week from Auburn 247. Um, him, Nathan King, Jason Caldwell. So many good guys over there uh, that do a fantastic job. So go check out their work. But Nathan had this article, and it's about Peyton Thorne and Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, one of the quarterbacks for the Cal Golden Bears. And there's actually some history between those two quarterbacks where Peyton Thorne and Sam Jackson actually played a little high school football together. They played a little ball together. And um, it's funny because Peyton Thorne, after week one, he sent a text to Sam Jackson. They're buddies. Obviously, they're playing at separate schools. He sent him a text just, you know, congratulating him and checking up on him and stuff. And uh, I guess Sam Jackson left the text on red. He didn't respond. And, and I guess he was uh, had a media availability and was talking about how he did it out of good faith. But it's game week. He can't, can't give him any, uh, any extra motivation. So I think that was a really cool thing. I want you to go check out the article. I'm not going to talk too much about it uh, because Nathan did a really, really good job. So go check that article out. But how cool is that? Peyton Thorne and Sam Jackson were at two separate schools. Then they transferred to another school. They're both at their second location and now they're playing together or playing against each other I should say in week two of college football so just a really cool story go check that out just some more uh, tidbits there and some more um, connections between Auburn and Cal on a, I guess not 
not expected relations and connections, but uh, one nonetheless with Peyton Thorne and Sam Jackson. So go check that out, Auburn 247 at 247sports.com. But, hey, question of the day. All right, I want to hear from you, 334-321-1390. I mentioned it at the open of the show. I know we don't talk about it a lot. All right, I know we don't talk about this a ton because down here, college football reigns supreme, and we know that. But the NFL starts tonight, and I'm curious on if my listeners or people here in the Auburn-Opelika area are tuned into the NFL. Right. What's your what's your take on the National Football League? I'm not going political here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, do you watch the NFL? Are you excited for the NFL season? Because it gets underway tonight with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. And if you are a I don't want to say a casual NFL fan, but if you're not like a, a super in-depth NFL fan, you may see that matchup and say, Well, that's not gonna be any good. The Chiefs are gonna roll. Well, the Lions have actually loaded up a little bit. And the Lions are actually expected to be halfway decent this year. And there's some big-time injuries for the Kansas City Chiefs. Their best defensive player not playing tonight. Also, Travis Kelsey, who is arguably the best tight end in the NFL, he is questionable to play tonight. There's a lot of feelings that he won't play. There are some feelings that he might play. So, not sure what the true status of Travis Kelsey is, but... Are you watching the NFL this season? And I'm curious. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Talk about this for a few minutes before we get to the bottom of the hour break. I'll have some more of my Jesse Palmer interview from ESPN coming up in just a few minutes. The NFL season is really, really exciting because it's one of those things for me personally. Right, I work on Friday night calling high school football for Lee Scott. Then on Saturdays, working to cover Auburn football, right, at the games or even on the road games, right, sitting at home, covering the game, making sure I can come in this studio every single week and talk about it with you. But Sundays are a lot of fun for me because I get to sit in the chair, I get to relax, and I get to do a whole lot of nothing and watch NFL football every single Sunday. So I'm curious, do you watch it? What's your take on this? 334-321-1390. Got a couple of phone calls here. We'll get to the first one. Uh, my first phone call, you're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Well, can't, can't quite get you. So I'm going to keep you on hold and then try to, uh, try to get you in just a second. But let's get to our second phone call. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hello? Hey. Ed, Ed, there you go. Ed, how are you, man? Okay. Uh, I, I was speaking from that other guy. I thought you couldn't get me. I thought I was one. Nope, I got, yeah. you. I got you. Yep, I got you. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Well, well, yeah, I was going to tell you, as far as NFL, I, I, you know, for a long time I really didn't, but uh, I, I do enjoy it. I, I watch it. And it, it's kind of strange you mentioned uh, Kelsey. Uh, you know, I, I, I really think that maybe, you know, a, the tight end position is a very underrated position. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that Rivaldo Fairweather is, you know, I think uh, Auburn just, I think they just held him under, you know, without doing anything with him because they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I so, uh, saw there's a 2025 uh, tight end that's a top guy that's looking at, uh, I think he said he's going to, Announced on the 22nd of this month, mm-hmm. but he's also looking at Georgia, and you notice that Georgia, you know, obviously, oh yeah, last year, you know, they realized the the, the value of right. the tight end, and, and Nick Saban has used it too. You know, I'm not saying that it's 
like a total secret. But yeah, I, I do. I, I like the NFL season. Sometimes it really gets kind of it, it gets kind of hard when the labor disputes and these guys, you know, yeah. And you uh, it, that gets kind of. But but I, I still you know enjoy it. Yeah, I, I do too, Ed. I really do like the NFL, and it's it's fun. It's a relaxing thing for me, and and I do enjoy watching it. Ed, we're up against a break, man. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the call, Ed. 334-321-1390. Got another call. We'll try to get them on on the other side of the break. We'll talk some more NFL with a phone call. Or then my interview with Jesse Palmer. We asked a few questions about the Auburn Tigers and his thoughts on Hugh Freeze and what this season could be like here on the plane. So stay tuned. The Thursday edition of On the Line continues after this. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. And Ty the Tiger joining me on the phone lines. Ty, what's up, brother? How are you, man? What's going on, brother? Oh, you know, staying busy, man. Talking a little ball on a Thursday. Man, you forgot something that's very very important that starts tonight also Uh oh not only does the nfl season start but fantasy football match one week one fantasy football my guy (laughs) (laughs) i knew it i knew it here i am so ready you know i was always kind of an nfl fan uh paid attention to it most, you know, a lot where the Auburn guys went. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm all, I, I was, I, I can just remember that being a nine. I was a '90s Cowboys fan. I've always been a Cowboys fan. I always say '90s Cowboys because I take it back to when I was a Cowboys fan. Back when done, it was, back when it was good, right? <laughs> they hadn't done nothing since, but that's why I was a fan. And also, short story: a guy that actually moved up here. I, when I was little, Tommy Age. I actually lived in my neighborhood, and I would go bug the stew out of that cat, <laughs> knock on his door, and get autographs when I'm talking about itty bitty. Like, I mean, five, six, seven years old in the off season, we would go over there and get autographs, and he was just this giant that would come to the door and these massive muscles, and he was just—I mean, he was just this big dude, man. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so that, that so anyway, that's why I'm a Cowboys fan. But man. Fantasy football is back. Talk to me, brother. Who are your sleepers? Who'd you pick? What? What? How do you feel about your team? Okay. Okay. Well, let me. I'm. I'm pulling up my team right now as we talk. I'm pulling. Dude, Ty. You know who I picked first pick of the draft? I'll give you one guess who, who I picked. First pick. It, I wasn't gonna... first pick overall, but my first round pick. Just, just take a guess on who I got. Well, what number were you? Uh, I think I was pick five. Five. And it's it's terrible. It's, it has a lot to do with tonight's game, Ty. Oh, you got Kelsey. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, I'm I got Kelsey. Sorry. First pick of the draft I'm for me, sorry. and it was Travis Kelsey. And now he's questionable to go, play. I never go receiver. Never my first pick's a receiver. It's just a rule. You, you get a stud running back, they're going to run and catch the ball out of the backfield. You have, I mean, some running backs get just as much receptions as 
as as top one receivers do yeah. in some offenses. It's just my first rule, my personal rule. Now, if I'm in a quarterback heavy league, I play in some you know quarterbacks get a little bit more points than the normal league. Mm-hmm. That's what I was in my own league. I have that. I was pick number eight, and I went with my homeboy. Uh, and so my team name is my homeboy. Don't play that. And so that, <laughs> I love so it. I love Pat, it. Patrick Mahomes. I've got Nick Chubb. Um, I went light on receivers, but I did pick up AJ Brown. Okay. And okay. A couple sleepers that I got for you. Okay. Okay. I like Swift in the late rounds. I think he's going to blow up with the Eagles. Um, just to be able, uh, you know, I still think Jalen's going to run his, you know, I think they're going to start running Jalen less mm-hmm. and put more backs back there. And, and you know what I'm saying? He's still going to get the goal line. So that's going to take away from some points, but I just think he's going to get so many screens and Swift can do so much in that offense. Like, uh, what was the little cat last year when, the um, the um man, I can't remember his name. It's like Spruce or something like that. A little bit, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he got in there and got some. He he was big late the fantasy year last year. Had some good games. Um, <clears throat> another one I like to. I guess some. Uh, I, I again, I stay away from the big wide receivers in the first round, but some sleepers. I think, man, George Pickens. I like it. I, think I like he, it. I, I, I think he's going to have a breakout year. Um, another rule I have, man, is when I draft, I do not draft anybody that has a major injury in the first three rounds. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. So, I, I, you know, like uh, like Jonathan Taylor, if he wasn't going through his holdout, he'd be one I'd, I'd stay away from. Right. Stuff like that, you know. You know, come back and prove to me instead of wasting my first three weeks of of the uh, of the season. Right. So. Well, well, let me let me let me give you some of my guys real quick, Ty. I got okay. All right. So I got I'm running a I'm running a two quarterback system here. All right. I've got Anthony okay. Richardson from the Colts, and I've also got Dak from your boys from the Cowboys. Like it. I like it. And I then like I've it. got I've got C.D. Lamb as my, one of my receivers. I've got McLaren as one of my receivers. I have Najee Harris as one of my running backs because I really I like, like him. I like Harris this year. I like Harris this year. Yep. My backup tight end is Tyler Higby for the Rams. So he's playing he's playing this week since Kelsey is up in the air tonight. Um Yeah, I picked I picked him up in two or three leagues um with Cup. Not you know, again, Cup was one of the ones. I stayed away from Cup. Yeah. I had the opportunity to take him. And said no because again, I mean, not that I don't think when he comes back he's gonna be Cooper Cup, but when's he coming back? When's he gonna be okay? They've already ruled him out week one. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. You know, I, I just I look when my buddy he said I can't believe he passed on Cup. He was right behind me, you know. And I said I, I he's still not healthy. Oh, he's playing. He's playing. <laughs> Yesterday I looked right at him. Told you. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's right. Hey, I also got DJ Moore in my flex spot from Chicago. I love DJ Moore this year. That is a good pick. I I got I picked the night again. I'm in four uh five paid leagues, so I play I have a couple people on a couple different teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, I picked up Fields in a couple of uh late, late, you know, um didn't go quarterback, you know, and went and went with Fields and I like D I picked DJ Moore up in a couple of them to handcuff them. Um I will say the number one rule 
uh, if if you know that I have out there, if Christian McCaffrey is available. I cannot not take him. He's so good. He's so good, and he racks up so many points when he's healthy and when he plays. Man, it's unbelievable. He is. But here's the thing: every year I do this. Every year I've taken him. You bet. You draft your 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 second to last or your last running back. You draft their his handcuff. And you make sure you have his backup, not week one waiver wire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. You put it, you sacrifice. He's that good. I'm just giving some guys some advice. I know all the drafts have already done, but, you know. But man, right. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I like, Dave, I like um, um, David Montgomery as well. I like him to score a touchdown. That might be a – FanDuel thing you might do tonight. Don't know, but you know maybe I am. But uh, there you FanDuel go. There is you definitely, go. Definitely, definitely uh, getting David Montgomery as my MVP tonight. So okay. I like him to go off for the line. Yeah, well, I I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the season to get started. As I was saying, I I really do enjoy the NFL. I know it's not as popular here. I get that, right? There's no NFL team that's close I guess the Falcons or the Saints but again there's just no team that it's easy to get tied to um when growing up in the north for most of my time NFL is obviously huge up there so um I I love the NFL I'm glad you do as well brother and it sounds like you're just as excited maybe even more excited than I am again man I can't wait for these points to start getting scored (laughs) and start talking trash man so that's right that's why look I love the NFL for that um, it's fun, man. It keeps a lot of my guys that I don't talk to in the loop and in a group text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk every week, you know. So it's just more than a little personal gambling and camaraderie. It's a, it, it's really uh, connects people. So man, man, can't wait. Got to get a kickoff. And hey, man, I just hope Cal. I just hope that running back keeps running his mouth and putting some bullet board material out there. And because Hugh Freeze is going to be the type of guy. That is gonna play this over and over and let in the dude. I promise you one thing on on Saturday night. It's gonna be you know uh, Sunday morning when it's all said and done, probably because mm-hmm. it's so late. But they gonna know that the name on the jersey does represent the name on the jersey. There you go. Know who the name on the jersey is. Guys. There you go. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it, Ty. Great to hear from you, man. Always a fun time talking with you. Three three four. Three two one thirteen ninety. Um, went to to re or to kind of wrap up the NFL conversation. Game one tonight: Kansas City and Detroit. The Chiefs and the Lions. Couple of big names out for Kansas City, including Travis Kelsey, who is questionable to play tonight. Um, if you're into the NFL. Enjoy it. The season gets going tonight. You've got great games on Sunday. Uh, you've got the Jets and the Bills on Monday with Aaron Rodgers and his new place. I hope uh, he loses every game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe I'm not. But NFL gets going this weekend. Hope you enjoy it. Fantasy football is huge now. I mean, it's exploded on the scene over the last 10 years or so. And fantasy football is huge. And now you can, you in, in states that are legal, you can bet on fantasy. Like you can draft fantasy teams with different dollar amounts every single week. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on around the NFL. And so I enjoy it. I hope you do as well. We'll talk about it throughout the season. You know, we'll have a segment or two each week talking about it to recap it because it is important. It's a lot of fun to talk about. It breaks it up a little bit too. But um, Ty, good to hear from you, man. Always a blast to have a conversation 
conversation with you. We're going to go ahead and take an early break because I got Jack Hutton on the phone who wants to talk a little ball, who is on his way to the airport flying out to Cal this weekend to watch Auburn and Cal. So we'll talk to him when we come back. Then to start hour number two, we have head football coach from Auburn High School, Keith Etheridge, who will join us talking the tough loss to Enterprise last week, preparing for Dothan this week here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. Jack Hutton joins me when we come back. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, let's get back to the phone lines as we're wrapping up our number one, 334-321-1390. And our good friend Jack Hutton on the phone lines joining us as he is en route to the airport heading out to Cal. Hey, Jack, how are you, man? What's up, buddy? I'm boots on the ground and for you today. There you go. That's right. Well, uh, look, first of all, safe travels to you and your dad, right? You guys are both going out to Cal this weekend. Uh, what made you guys want to go out? Well, I think the biggest part of it was just it's a new place to go, you know. Um, had never really been. We, we went out to uh, – got fortunate enough to go out to the championship game back in 2013. Um, but, you know, figured we hadn't seen – figured we haven't seen enough of California yet, so we figured we'd go get the Berkeley side. Um no, I mean, we like doing this as, as just kind of a, a thing to do. You know, we, we usually try to pick an away game every year um, to get up to. And, you know, this one was one of the most interesting ones we've, we've ever really had. So great opportunity. And man, we're looking forward to going and seeing the campus and uh, just kind of, you know, seeing what else is out there. Yeah, well, it's going to be a, an interesting trip. It should be a fun trip uh, as well. It seems like, Jack, there's quite a few Auburn fans going out there. I don't know the exact number, obviously, and we'll get to see that come come Saturday night, but I've seen just across social media and people calling into the show and stuff like that. I mean, there's there's a good amount of Auburn fans heading out to Berkeley. I think there are, um, and I saw some early reports that were like, oh, it's going to be 60-40 Auburn fans. I don't know about that much. Um, but, I mean, you know, you always expect to see orange and blue uh, just about everywhere that, that Auburn is going to travel to. Um, you know, I know Auburn's set up really well. They've got a San Francisco club. Um, I think they got an L.A. club that, that I'm sure will we'll get over to the game as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certain there's always going to be a lot of Auburn fans everywhere you go. Um, you know, my, my interest really, and, in, you know, we've, we've, talked, we've talked about how cool of a trip it's going to be, and, and, man, we're excited. But when you, get, when you get past all the flair and everything, and especially with the football team, um, you know, it's about playing a game late tomorrow night in your in your own biological clock. And so, you know, what happens with uh, with Auburn, who's going out basically starting around 930 their time uh, and playing a Cal team that's coming off a, a big offensive performance. And so, yeah, I mean, what what's your take on all that then, Jack? I mean, we we've talked about it a lot. Where, yeah, all the all the traveling factors are there, right? All of the the jet lag and the time and and everything else like that. That's all going to be a factor. But at the end of the day, this is a football game between two Power Five teams. One side has been talking a little bit. I'm sure you've seen the comments from the cow running back today saying the name doesn't really the film doesn't match the name on the jersey. They're not too worried about Auburn and the big bad SEC coming out to Berkeley. So, just your thoughts on this football game, Jack? Yeah, you know, I've never really been a huge fan of uh, when teams will will give some trash talk before a game, and it's not necessarily playful trash talk. I mean, it's it's straight up. No, they're not that good, and we're gonna and we're gonna show them. I mean. That does no benefit for you, right? I mean, if you because if you go in and you and you take care of business like you say you're going to do, okay, well you said you were going to do it, and if you don't, then you look like an idiot. And so <laughs> um, it's 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 
certainly it's certainly a choice by I think it was Jalen Ott um, who said that Cal's running back. But you know, I think that there's there's a couple of, of factors in this game that I think I'm going to be looking forward to. Um, the first of which is who plays quarterback for Cal. So um, I think it's Sam Jackson is is one of the quarterbacks, and then um, they, and I've got I know they've got another one that that came in for that North Texas game. You know, which one of those is those going to play? I think Jackson is much more of a running threat, um, and I. Um, if Jackson were to play, I actually think that is going to help Auburn's defense more so because um, I think he's I think he's less experienced. I think it's going to be um, something that this Auburn defense can kind of pin its ears back and you know force the running lanes to close um, with with your quarterback out there. You know, I think on the offensive end for Auburn, it's going to be about what Peyton Thorne and the offense um, can can muster up. I think with Peyton Thorne's experience on the road in big games like this, you're not going to really have a shock factor. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, right, yeah. So you're not going to really have a shock factor with experience. You know, he's, he's been in these big-time games before, so I don't think that there's going to be any any uh, uh, any tough any really tough drives. You know, there may be a few bad decisions here and there. Uh, obviously, the, the big question is going to be, does Jarquez Hunter play? Uh, that, that's going to be another big one. I think the Auburn running back last week, you know, they showed they've got some giddy-up and some ability to find the holes, but – when it when you've got a workhorse on your squad, it really helps to have him healthy. Um, you know, just kind of looking, and I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but looking all across the board, you're going to have some guys out now. Um, Austin Keys on the defensive end is going to mm-hmm. be out with a thumb injury. Um, you know, you, you, you keep looking around the offensive side of the ball. It looks like Malcolm Johnson Jr. is coming back from um, a, a little tweak of his knee in the summer. I think Coy Moore is also not going to be back. So. You know, your wide receivers still aren't going to be fully healthy. Um, and so, what does again, what does it look like for the Auburn offense that maybe isn't full strength? As Auburn gets ready to go to Cal, Jack Hutton, a good friend of mine, uh, who was also uh, co-hosting of the game day on Wings 94.3 show. Jack, you won't be there on Saturday. I'll be filling in for you for uh, with Uncle T-Bone, but we'll have to give you a call and get your thoughts from, from California as you guys are flying out tonight. Um, for, for Auburn, Jack, I feel like I've been saying this. It's a game where if Auburn wins – you don't get a whole lot. Nobody's going to be overly just ecstatic, and nobody's going to put you on the mountaintop because you beat Cal. But, man, if you lose this game, it's one of those where it's like, how does Auburn lose to, to Cal in week two and we could be looking back at the end of the season if Auburn goes 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five and saying, well, what if Auburn had beaten Cal in week two? It's one of these weird matchups, man. I, you know, you're right, and that's something that I've thought of a little bit too is, it's a power five opponent on the road. And so, you know, it's, it's of course going to be a tough game. I mean, anytime you, you do that on the road, you're taking a risk by going all the way out there. It's a, you know, it's a late game. Hugh Freeze even talked about not being able to get his team out there. Um, you know, they didn't get yesterday's practice because they had to, well, I mean, today's practice because they had to leave today. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of different factors going on. Uh, you know, I think for Auburn, the biggest thing is going to be, uh, how quick can you get there, get your rest, get your feet under you, kind of get your, your time, uh, your clock in your head going to where you can come in tomorrow and, and play that 7 o'clock game as opposed to a 10 o'clock. I think it's a lot easier for, for uh, college kids, you know. So um, I, th- I think it's going to be – look, I, I think Auburn's got a chance to, to really do something special in this game, uh, you know, especially if you get Jarquez Hunter back. I think that you can have a big rushing performance. 
really, for the most part, the other thing I think here is the Auburn defense has an opportunity to to really step up and show their teeth against a team that ran the ball really well last week. And we saw that Auburn defense, that rush defense last week, was not very good on the opening drive. They kind of stiffened their neck there at the end. But, um, you know, I think that's a concern that a lot of Auburn fans have right now. So, again, what does it look like? Well, Jack, hey, man, I appreciate you calling in. Always great to hear from you. Tell your dad I said hello. You guys have a fantastic time, all right? Safe travels to you uh, and your dad flying out to California. Enjoy the game, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you on Saturday on game day on Wings 94.3 for some insight from Boots on the Ground then in Barron Berkeley. Sounds great, brother. Hey, I appreciate you pinch hitting for me tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, Jack. Have a good one, man. All right, bud. That's Jack Hutton, good friend of mine, host of Game Day on Wings, 94.3. Joins me in the studio here and there. He's a busy man as they get ready to go out to California as Auburn and Cal set to do battle Saturday night there in Berkeley. If you're heading out or if you know people that are going out, let me know. Give us a call. Send me a tweet at Goins2Jacob on Twitter. Love to hear from you on there as well. Hour number one flew by, didn't it? Hour number two will be the same way. We'll start it off with Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. Talk about their loss to Enterprise last week as they try to rebound this week with Enterprise. Then Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joins us. All coming up in hour number two here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, a sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on a busy edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. My name is Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. If you missed any of the first hour, lots of great phone calls. Uh, We talked some Auburn Cow. We talked some NFL as that season gets underway tonight. little fantasy football has had a caller calling in and talking about that as well. And then Jack Hudden, good friend of mine, called in as he is on his way to California with his dad to watch Auburn and Cal out in Berkeley. So a very busy but in fun, enjoyable hour number one. If you missed any of it, be sure to go and catch it with the podcast. You can find it right after the show, commercial-free at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Here's what's coming up in hour number two. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SCC podcast, will join us at the bottom of the hour at about 3.30. We'll get thoughts and updates from him from around the SCC and college football. But as we do every Thursday here at high school football season, it's the Auburn High School head football coach, Keith Etheridge, joining me on the phone lines now. Coach, happy Thursday, man, and I hope you're doing well over there at Auburn High. Yes, sir. Happy Thursday, Jacob. Just getting ready to get these guys cranked up tomorrow. 
Well, let's uh, let's jump into it after a week one impressive performance, an impressive win over Hoover uh, up in Hoover in week one on that Friday night. You come home for the first home game of the year. We talked about it last week, Coach. You talked about how that Enterprise team, they're a talented team, a well-coached team, and they were able to come into Duck Sanford and, and skim by a one-point victory, 17-16 to there last week at Duck Sanford Stadium. Break down what, what happened there, Coach, and a tough loss for your Tigers. Well, we, you know, we turned the ball over four times. You can't do that against a really good team, you know, and that's on me. You know, I think I'm I, I, you know, I think I put us in some tough situations right there. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I told the guys after the game, you know, this loss is on me. You know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll bounce back. I'll do better. You know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, but we, we turned it off four times. Three of those turnovers ended up points for them. They returned a fumble for a touchdown. Uh, they returned an interception down inside the five-yard line. And, um, and then they, uh, we, we, uh, they picked one off right there late, uh, and then got the field goal right there on the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. So, and, and got it inside our, our 10 yard line on that one. So, you know, our defense played great. I think we gave up 131 yards of total offense, <laughs> you know, so, um, we just sort of, we just sort of handed it to them on silver platter. And, you know, like I said, it was, that was, you know, on me, so I, 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 those our our guys played their guts out Friday night, and I couldn't be prouder of them. You know, we made some mistakes, which, you know, when you got a when you got young guys, you you, you got to live with those things, but you got to learn from them. And I think our kids will. I think they'll come out and they'll. We we've got a good game plan together this week. You know, we we uh, we lost our quarterback Friday night. Um, yeah. Broke his collarbone, Jackson broke his collarbone Friday night in the third quarter and he played the rest of the third quarter and the fourth quarter with a broke collarbone. Wow. Tough kid, you know. Um had surgery Monday morning and everything went great, so hopefully we'll get him back in about six weeks. Okay, well, I, I hate to hear that about uh, about your quarterback yeah. and about any you know any kid getting injured and, and wow, credit That's to him right. for for playing through that and, and and fighting through what was a really really tough game and so a speedy recovery uh, that we all wish and pray for him, uh, Coach. On yeah. that on that final offensive play where the interception was thrown that led yeah. to led to the field goal, I got to ask what 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 was the the mindset there for you, your coaching staff? What did you see that yeah. led you to believe that was that was the proper call to make? Well, you know, they had, you know, we, we, we ran that. We watched it on film, you know, all, all week. We mm-hmm. thought that was going to be open for us, and it was. I mean, there was nobody within, you know, 8, 10 yards of the back. We wheeled the back, faked with the back, wheeled him down the sideline, vacated with the other two receivers. Um, we, we knew we'd get some, you know, because it's a third down and about eight. You know, we knew we'd get some pressure. Um we did not expect them to run a gap blips with a safety, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, so you know, uh, kudos to them. They did a good job, called the right play. And you know, Jackson just got hit. You know, when he released the ball, the ball fluttered on him, and you know, the linebacker picked it off. Uh, it was wide open, though. I mean, we yeah. we I think it was executed perfect. Our guys did everything perfect. They just made a play. Enterprise just made a play. And hats off to them. You know, I probably. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Probably could have ran the ball right there, punted it to them, and you know, let our defense work. You know, because they have been playing great all night long. Um, but you know, we we had something that we thought would work, and you know, I've I've been in this game for twenty four years, and you know, uh, been a head coach for <clears throat> and this is my eighteenth year, and 
I've always played to win. I've never tried to play not to lose. So, um, you know, and I've been able to win, you know, five, six state championships. And, you know, it's always worked for me. You know, there's there's games, though, that, that you come up short. And, you know, most of the time it's the other teams making great plays. And Enterprise did that. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to, to sit after a game, after a win or a loss, and say, well, I should have done it this way, shouldn't have done this, yeah. should have done that, right? It's super easy for, for anybody to do that, and it, it was a tough play, and, and, you know, it ended up not working out, but that's how high school football happens sometimes. You did talk about your Absolutely. defense, though, giving up just 131 yeah. total yards of offense. How will yeah. that help you throughout the rest of this season? Because you and I talk about this every week, Coach. You have tough opponents in this division in 7A football. How does that defense oh, yeah. give you a chance throughout the rest of this season? Because they're going to keep you in some football games. Yeah, definitely. You know, our, our defense will keep us in football games. I think that, you know, they did it the first game. You know, they played great against Hoover the first game. They came out Friday night, played great against uh, – enterprise you know um so i, I think that you know our, our, our guys rally to the ball you know coach Goosby does an unbelievable job over there on that defensive side and i think that uh you know our, our kids our our mentality is you know blue collar and our, our kids take that lunch bell and put that hard hat on every every friday night to go out there and play great defense Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge joining me here on ESPN 106.7 during the Thursday edition of On the Line. As we flip the page to week three, coach, you hit a long road trip going on the road to Dothan, a team that's 2-0, a team that plays everybody super physical, super tough. What yeah. is the, what's the message to you and your guys and the game plan as you hit the road to Dothan for Friday night? Just take care of the football and continue playing defense like we've been playing. You know, they, I mean, I'm watching film on them. They, they're, they're they're scoring 50 points a half. I mean, yeah. it was, uh, one game is like 52 to seven at halftime. I'm like, goodness, you know, their offense is really, really good. Uh, they they do a great job in the run game, you know, and and they're throwing the ball a lot better this year than they have in the past. And I think that, you know, we just got to be be ready and you know just come in there with that physical mentality. And then on offense, take care of the football and and you know just keep the ball away from their offense. Yeah, so far this season, Dothan has defeaten Carroll 59-14 and Percy Julian 42-6. to Does the does the long road trip affect you and your guys at all, or does it matter whether you're home or away? It's the same mentality for Auburn High. I think it's the same mentality. You know, of course, on the, on the road trips, you gotta you got to time things out where you're not getting there too early and a bunch of laying around and stuff. Um, you know, and, you know, home games, you pretty much have your schedule set. You know, you know what you're doing. Um, you know, the long distance, you know, of course, you gotta, you gotta plan for if anything, get in any traffic or anything like that. So you want to go a little bit early, but you, you know, you don't want to get there too early where you're, where you're sitting around for a long period of time. And just kind of pulling up the weather, you know, surprisingly, it's not, I mean, it's going to be hot. We're in Alabama in September, but I don't think it's going to be what it has been, right? Especially what you guys had to go through in that Hoover game. So uh, temperature and weather should be okay. Good enough to go for Friday night. Shouldn't be too much of a factor, right? Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be perfect Friday night. I think that, you know, I I think that our guys are in great shape. You know, they showed that in that Hoover game. I think we may have one guy that cracked up a little bit. Uh, that's about it, you know. Um, other than that, we we hadn't had any cramping the whole time. Our guys are doing a great job of uh, hydrating and doing those little things right. And yeah, I know you mentioned quarterback uh, injured, had surgery, out for the foreseeable future. Are you able to tell us what the the plan is there? Or is that just going to be a wait and see for the opponents come come the next few games? Yes, 
Well, it's it's kind of you know we we've got you know three four guys that have, have been taking snaps this week. You mm-hmm. know, so um, you know you never know. I mean, we 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 actually have have some packages in for for individual guys. You know, uh, trying to you know highlight what some of these guys do well. Yeah. You know, so uh, instead of doing it with just bringing one individual in because the two. The two quarterbacks that we have are are tenth graders. The other mm-hmm. two guys, you know, you don't want to throw them to the wolves you know, <laughs> right here That's in, right. in a big seven A region game. You you want to give them some comfort and and let them let it let it come to them easily, you know. And we've got some other guys who are who are really good athletes that you'll see touch the ball, you know, in some situations. Well, I guess that kind of leads me into my next question. With the, you know, with the changing of quarterbacks and having to to figure that out, who are some guys on offense that can help out the quarterbacks, whoever that may be? Who are some guys on offense, the playmakers that have to be have to be ready, have to make some plays on Friday night against Dothan for you guys to get back in the win column? Well, you definitely you, you think about Ian Nation. You know, he's a kid that was in the running for the Mr. Football Award, was uh, finalist for seven A back of the year last year. Um, had over a thousand yards receiving with 75 catches. He's going to have to be a guy that steps up. Um, you're going to have to have, you know, Omar Mapson and Tyler Flakes, the two running backs, guys who are going to have to step up. The receivers, you know, all our receiving crew. Uh, you, you got, um, you know, Trey Marcus Webb is going to have to have a really good game. So, you know, those, those guys are going to have to step up. We got our offensive line has to have a good game. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be physical up front. We have to, you know, reset the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, two, three yards downfield. We got to get some drive and, and get our hands on people and, and just, just, just get on blocks and stay on blocks to give our, our guys some opportunities to make some big plays. Coach Keith Etheridge of Auburn High School Football joining us here on ESPN 106.7. You brought it up once, but this is a region game, and so it just means a yeah. little bit more, right? How much of, of a motivation factor for you and your guys is it that not just 7A football, but this is another region game that you have to go down yeah. and try to get a win? Yeah, we need a win. I mean, you know, you don't want to drop as 0-2 in the region to start the year. That, that puts you in a hole. So, you know, we need to come in and, you know, do everything we can, try to get a win and, you know, just, just play. If we go in, we play our brand of football, we take care of the football and we don't, we don't get silly penalties and things like that. You know, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight. If we give them a bunch of opportunities, you know, it could be a long night for us. We don't give them, need to give them extra opportunities. Anything that sticks out to you that Dothan does really well offensively or defensively that, that you're having to prepare for for Friday night? Yeah, they're very athletic. You know, um, at any point in time, they can break the long run. Uh, got a lot of guys who touch the ball. You know, they do a lot of that single wing, you know, misdirection stuff, you know, some of the box stuff. So it's a lot of misdirection stuff. So if you get your eyes in the wrong place, you're going to be chasing a ghost. You know, the ball's going to be running down the left sideline. You'll be chasing somebody down the right sideline. And we just got to be fundamentally sound, you know, uh, play our keys and, you know, lock up and tackle. Yep, play fundamentally sound, and as you've said, take care of the football. And if Auburn High can do that on Friday night, they've got a great chance to go down and get a win at Dothan. Auburn High School head football coach Keith Etheridge joins me every Thursday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7 at 3 o'clock, recapping the game before and previewing the game coming up. Coach, always enjoy uh, this conversation with you and talking about your guys, and I know you love them, and and you guys have a really, really good team going this year for 2023. So safe travels for you and the team going to Dothan tomorrow night. Check out the broadcast. 
broadcast. Anybody listening over on Wings 94.3, Scott Bagwell flying solo tomorrow. His two guys are not with him, so he'll be flying solo on the broadcast doing play-by-play, color, studio host, everything. He'll be doing a little bit of it all. Go check that out. 6.30 pregame and kickoff at 7 on Wings 94.3. Coach, thanks so much for your time, man. Safe travels and go Tigers. Yes, sir. Go Tigers. If anybody can handle it, Scott can. That's right. That's right. That's right. Appreciate right, it, Coach. Appreciate Thank you. you. That's Coach Keith Etheridge of Auburn High School Football, the head coach there over for the Auburn High School Tigers. They are 1-1 one and one on the season so far. Um, they will uh, hit the road tomorrow, taking on Dothan in a game that is going to be really, really fun. As he mentioned, a really high-powered Dothan offense that scored um, – I mean, they've scored – a ton of points in just two games they've hit 42 points and 59 points and this is not just this is not low level football this is 7a high school football in the state of Alabama like these are the best of the best and so Auburn's got their hands full now on Friday night as they come off a tough loss versus Enterprise got to get back in the win column in the region uh, for Auburn High School there uh, to keep pretty much to keep everything in front of them this season uh, there for their region in 7A. So Keith Etheridge, uh, appreciate him and his time every single week. Enjoy talking with him about his team. They're really talented, man, and I hate that. I hate that about their quarterback. Um, that That's just – that's tough, man. When you're starting quarterback, broken collarbone, he said, um, and had surgery and so out for the foreseeable future. So we'll see what Auburn High goes with. Again, a lot of talent there. Uh, I'm confident in him and this in that, that program to turn it around and get things fixed here in week three. So as I mentioned, tomorrow night, high school football, our coverage here from Auburn Network. We have Auburn High School and we have Lee Scott. So be sure that you go and you are listening to both of those tomorrow night. Auburn High School will get underway at 6.30, kickoff at 7 over on Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com. Scott Bagwell, as I mentioned, uh, flying solo. Rob Pate and Jack Hudden both out of the booth tomorrow. Rob Pate uh, off with a uh, personal trip. Jack on a personal trip as well. He's going to Cal. So uh, Scott will be flying solo tomorrow night over on Wings 94.3. And then I will be at Lee Scott Academy. Another home game for us, thankfully. As uh, Christian Griffin and I will be over at Judd Scott Field. Lee Scott taking on Morgan Academy, uh, a game that they won uh, easily last year. So we'll see if that can continue again this year. Really talented team, though, in Morgan. Really well coached as well, and they run a lot of different offensive options. So Lee Scott taking on Morgan tomorrow over at Judd Scott Field here in Auburn. Uh, kickoff at 7 o'clock. Pre-game 6.30 on AU100. That's 100.3 on your radio dial. So high school football. Be sure you're flipping back and forth on Friday nights between AU100 and Wings 94.3. Uh, starting this week, I'll have a pregame segment with head coach Buster Daniel, Lee Scott's head football coach. Uh, we'll have that in the pregame broadcast of the uh, kickoff show there on AU100. 100.3 on your radio dial and AU100FM.com. But as always, thank you so much to Coach Keith Etheridge. We'll talk to him next week recapping this Dothan game and previewing a game against Jag of Montgomery. So excited for that every single Thursday at 3 o'clock here during On the Line on ESPN one. Six, seven. We'll take a break, come back, talk a little uh, football. We'll talk some college football, some more Auburn Cal, um, some other things that are going on, and just kind of get you ready before uh, we talk to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday at 3.30. So phone lines are back open for the next few minutes. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Predictions for Auburn and Cal. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you worried? Are you confident? Give me a call. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. 
Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Welcome back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins with you on a Thursday afternoon. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Big thank you to uh, Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. He joins me every Thursday at 3 o'clock here in season on Game Weeks, uh, recapping the game from last week, previewing the game coming up. They have Dothan on the road on Friday night. And again, you can find the game broadcast on Friday nights over on Wings 94.3, pregame 6.30 and kickoff at 7. Same thing with Lee Scott. We're over on AU100. I'll be on the call for that uh, 6.30 pregame and kickoff at 7. But before we get to uh, Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked on SEC podcast, my longtime Thursday guest here on the show, um, talking a few things for Auburn uh, that we went over in the first hour in case you missed any of that. Um, just kind of getting you ready for Auburn and Cal. We'll have predictions tomorrow. Um, Uncle T-Bone will be joining me in the studio uh, in the second hour for On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone. Of course, that's brought to you by our good friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air. Um, tomorrow, we'll also have... Uh, my interview with Keontae Scott, my weekly interview with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott. So uh, excited to have that for you as well. Also tomorrow, tomorrow's a busy show too, man. It's a busy week. Um, <laughs> tomorrow I also have uh, my interview with Auburn volleyball head coach Brent Crouch as they get uh, set and ready for the War Eagle Invitational this weekend. Their first match is actually tonight. Uh, so I'll air that tomorrow uh, on the show as Auburn volleyball 5-0. and oh. Ladies and gentlemen, 5-0, top 25 for the first time ever. So uh, if you're here in Auburn, Opelika, looking for something to do uh, to, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. Uh, they play Saturday at like 5 or 5.30. I'd have to double-check on the official time, but it's way before Auburn football plays. So if you're looking for something to do, go check it out. The games are free to attend right now for Auburn Volleyball. And I said right now on purpose, so go check that out. Uh, go find them over at Neville Arena. It's a really good team, a top 25 team now as they play uh, some teams that they should be able to handle this weekend. So it should be a fun environment there at Neville Arena. So that's what's coming up tomorrow. Uh, Uncle T-Bone, uh, my interview with Keontae Scott, and my interview with Brent Crouch. So it'll be a good show tomorrow as well. But again, Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC coming up in just a few minutes. We talked a lot in the first hour um, about the, the comments from Cal's running back, Jaden Ott, who said, quote, oh, I lost it. I want to give you the official quote. I don't want to I don't want to misquote him here because it's a it's a it's a doozy of a quote. He said, quote, there's a lot of focus on the name Auburn, but what I see on film is not really in comparison to what their name is. I just want to get that into my guys' heads that a name doesn't mean anything. What do you mean? What what? <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? Why why go out of your way? to say that about an SEC team, about your opponent coming up in just a couple of days. And Jack Hudden joined me on the phones in the first hour, and I think he brought up a really good point. And it, I was trying to say it this way, but Jack sometimes has a better way with words than I do. He said, I don't understand, because this is not the first time this has happened. Like, players and even coaches sometimes, they say things like this, and you just scratch your head, and you're like, why? Right? And this is what Jack said. He said, why would you say that about an opponent that you're about to play? It's a lose-lose situation. You're, you are downgrading and demeaning the team that you're about to play, right? Why would you do that? Because if you win, 
then you're saying that your win doesn't mean anything or it means a whole lot less than what other people thought it was. Or, the worst case scenario, if you're talking smack about a team and how they're not any good and the big bad SEC is not all that great, and then you get your teeth kicked in, well, then now you just look dumb, right? You just look arrogant, I guess. I don't know what the correct word is there. You can plug in whatever word you like, I guess. But it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to talk about a team in a bad way that you're about to play. I understand trash talk, and I understand getting uh, you know juiced up and ready to go for the game and getting your team excited and getting your players excited, getting your fan base excited. I get that. I absolutely get that. But to go out of your way and say that the name of Auburn doesn't really mean anything and the brand of Auburn doesn't mean anything and the fact that the film isn't there to back up the name and the program, that's a bold statement, man. That's a bold statement. And look, we've talked about it. Cal is a confident bunch, and they should be. After their week one performance, they should be. Their numbers are off the charts. They scored a whole lot of points. And they made a North Texas team look really bad. But this isn't North Texas. This isn't a group of five team. This isn't an FCS team. This is a team from the SCC. That wears the orange and blue. That's a top 20 program all time. That's coming across the country to play at your house. That is a better team than you, more talented than you, better coached than you. And there's a chance the fan base will outnumber yours in your own stadium. So I get that. I get it. I get trying to talk and I get being a confident bunch. And if Cal wins on Saturday, all the credit to him. I just don't get why you want to tear down the opponent you're about to play because then you take away the credibility if you win and then you look like an idiot if you lose we'll talk to chris gordy host of the locked on sec podcast about it plus updates from around the conference we got to talk that alabama texas game coming up on saturday night as well we'll talk to chris gordy about all that and more coming up here on the thursday edition of on the line Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goertz with you on the Auburn Opelika sports leader, ESPN 1067. And this guy knows a little bit about telling you like it is and holding nothing back. It's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, my longtime Thursday guest here on the show. Chris, tell me like it is, man. What in the world happened in Orlando? I know you flew all the way down there to watch LSU play like that. Well, the the, the highlight of the trip was at least my wife did the whole you know we did the whole Disney thing. So oh, at least, you know, okay, that, okay, that was that was at least the highlight of the trip. At least it wasn't all bad. But uh, uh, well, paying Disney prices for things for things that's a whole other story. But uh, no, I was look, I, I was pretty shocked. I mean, the first half. 
I thought was was fine. You know, uh, it LSU was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because because here's the thing. I mean, like, and and I'll say this: like, I felt at least positive about right, them. Like, I right. still thought they had a chance to win, but uh, you had to feel like like those missed opportunities, man. I mean, it was just they get down to the red zone twice and come away with with no points. You just know that's gonna, you know, that you're you're shooting yourself in the foot there. Mm-hmm. And that was the story of the game to me. Was look, Florida State's a good team, but like I. <laughs> The, the narrative that, that nationally came out of it was LSU got their brains beat in. And, and, yes, in the second half, their defense couldn't stop them, and the offense, you know, couldn't, you know, could barely score a point. But I also feel like so many of those uh, mistakes were self-inflicted. Like, if, if you go look at, at, at LSU, like, the third and fourth down totals in the game were atrocious. And Florida State, you know, it's 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 – very similar to how last year's game against Florida State played out in that Florida State converted. Like, every every big third down, it felt like they converted. They were 9 of 14 on third downs, 1 for 1 on fourth down. LSU was 3 for 10 on third down, 0 for 3 on fourth. And I thought the turning point was late in the third quarter, LSU's driving. It's a tied game. I think it was third and six. They uh, Jane Daniels hits Kyron Lacey in the hands. He's, he's wide open, and he drops the pass. Mm-hmm. And you drop a pass on third down, you're punting. That's it. They punt. Florida State goes down and scores. Suddenly, you're down 7 nothing. Uh, again, on the ensuing drive, LSU, they have Brian Thomas wide open down the field, almost near the goal line. Uh, ball hits him in the hands. He drops it. And, you know, again, at least an LSU punt. Florida State goes down. Oh, actually, the very it was, that wasn't a punt there. It was um, Malik Neighbors falls out of his hitch route right to start the fourth quarter. And the ball's already coming out of Jaden Daniels' hands, and it's a, and it's an interception. And Florida State goes down, scores. So you're down 14, and and that was all she wrote. So I tell that to say, like, if they played that game again tomorrow, Florida State probably wins. But I think it's much closer. It was just LSU did not execute in a lot of different areas in big moments. You know, it was like this: like Florida State dropped the pass on first down. You know what? That's fine because it's second and ten coming up. Right. LSU dropping a pass on third and six, you're punting. So it just felt like there was those kind of moments. And, I, you know, again, like we overreact to everything we see week one. I was hearing stuff this week. Brian Kelly shouldn't coach at LSU. Oh, my gosh. He's not cut out for the SEC. I mean, all this stuff I saw, and it's like, guys, this is the same guy who beat Nick Saban last year in year one, beat Florida, beat Ole Miss. I mean, won a lot of games last year. I think LSU is going to be good. Uh, down the stretch, but they still got a lot of things to figure out. And first and foremost, they got to figure out why Harold Perkins is playing middle linebacker. Put that man back on the edge where he thrives, where he's best suited, and get some sacks and let's get some pressure. And I think, you know, they're going to make those adjustments in the coming weeks. They get grambling this week, so they'll fix those mistakes. But I don't think that LSU team, I, I think that week one game was more indicative of Florida State's a damn good team. And LSU, you know, they made a lot of mistakes, but I still think they're a very talented team that can fix them fix themselves with those mistakes well i had i had to start the conversation because obviously we, we we missed you last week when you were traveling to orlando you had to go down there and witness that but yeah thankfully you got to spend all your money at disney and now you get to eat ramen noodles for the next year right so um you, you know you get to you got to hold get the whole trip down there in orlando but chris the other big game from week one before we move into what's an interesting week two around the sec north carolina south carolina a game that i picked north carolina to win um it, i didn't feel good about about it it was a true coin flip for me 
but a similar situation here where it was close at the half and then North Carolina just kind of took care of business scoring outscoring them 14 to 3 there in the second half and two big SEC East teams or two SEC teams in general excuse me go down against their big ACC opponent in week one yeah and and you know, it was kind of predictable. I mean, it's funny, you know, all the weaknesses of these the three SEC teams that lost shone bright. You know, my biggest concern for LSU was their defensive backs. Their DBs couldn't couldn't cover uh, the, the big body wide receivers for Florida State. Uh, for Florida, my big concern was Graham Mertz. And, you know, and then they couldn't run the ball, and we saw Florida lose to Utah. And then, you know, South Carolina, I said my biggest concern was their offensive line. And we saw when they gave Spencer Rattler time to throw, he was able to throw. But unfortunately, more often than not, they were not giving him time, and nine stacks on the day, I mean, that was just, it was ugly, and so, again, another situation where if South Carolina can fix those mistakes, but I don't know, how, you know, I don't know how you fix an offensive line in season, other than maybe playing some of your true freshmen and seeing if the, the talent rises to the top, but, um, you know, I, I just looked at South Carolina. When I heard Juice Wells wasn't going to go, I said, man, it's going to be really hard for them to win this. Obviously, Xavier Leggett steps up. He had nine catches for 178 yards. That was tremendous. But they just couldn't execute. It was a lot like LSU. You know, you, you don't convert in the red zone. You can't turn those drives into points. You're going to lose those games. And so I thought, you know, overwhelmingly, like, at the end of the day, we can overreact and go Florida, LSU, and South Carolina all lost last weekend, yes. But I thought they all lost to more talented teams. I thought Utah was more talented roster-wise than Florida. I thought North Carolina was more talented than South Carolina, and obviously I think Florida State's more talented than LSU top to bottom. So, you know, I don't think there's any harm in losing to those teams. To me, what you want to avoid if you're that SEC is losing to lesser opponents, right? Like, had Tennessee lost to Virginia last week, yeah, we'd, we'd have problems. Had, you know, Kentucky lost to Ball State, yeah, we'd be sitting here going, those are some bad losses. But I don't think any of the three losses were bad for the SEC last week. I think that's 100% accurate, Chris. I mean, I think all three of those teams, yeah, they lost to more talented teams, and and that's what's supposed to happen in the game of football. The more talented team is supposed to win, and so it was an up-and-down week one for the SEC, but as we flip the page to week two, we're talking with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Some interesting matchups in week two of this SEC slate, and we got to get your thoughts first on Auburn, who opened up the Hugh Freeze era with an Impressive win over UMass, 59-14. They look to go to Cal and take on the Golden Bears in Berkeley. Your thoughts on what Auburn did in week one and the feeling of, of Auburn making what I've just claimed as a weird road trip to Cal on Saturday. <laughs> it is, and it's, it's laid out. I have my buddy Chris Marler on our uh, Lockdown SEC show today. And Marler's living in the East Coast and, uh, uh, you know, East Coast time zone. I said, man, good luck with that one, 1030 Eastern on uh, on Saturday night. You're going to have the Red Bull. Yeah, you're going to have to have the Red Bull ready and all that stuff. But I thought, um, yeah, it was mission accomplished for Auburn. I, I was the one kind of saying I thought maybe with all the transfer pieces they brought in that might be a little sleepy. You know, I thought maybe that you know maybe they don't cover that big number um, just from a standpoint of you know I thought maybe it was just going to take some some time to get the offense going. And I mean, we saw it was ten to seven after the first quarter, but then kind of the floodgates opened and I was I know I've said it on your show in you know during this summer or this offseason I kept saying it everywhere that Robbie Ashford was still going to play a role on this team and mm-hmm. you know Hugh Freeze reminded us after the game he said you know I, I, every time I talk to you guys I've been bringing his name up 
I just didn't think it would be in that capacity. I mean, red zone Robbie, go ahead and let's get the T-shirts printed, uh, three touchdowns. I thought that was outstanding. Uh, Peyton Thorne, you know, kind of a mixed bag. I'm glad he finally got the touchdown pass to Jay Fair to get a little confidence going. Um, you know, they, they weren't really – it didn't feel like they were taking big shots. It was just a little simple, easy throws for him. Um, and then the run game was, was a mixed bag. I mean, obviously they ran for almost 300 yards. That's great. But, you know, obviously without Jarquez Hunter in there, that was the big kind of surprise to some of us that, you know, okay, is this part, was this part of the suspend, you know, a suspension for what happened in the offseason? Was this, you know, he's dinged up and just couldn't go, whatever. I know we saw he was back in practice this week, so uh, that's a good sign. But, uh, yeah, overall I was impressed with Auburn. I thought they, they overachieved. They, they scored way more than I thought they would, and the Hugh Freeze era is, is off and running. And I thought, you know, maybe – Maybe if I had to nitpick the interior of that defensive line, you know, for, for UMass to have a 100-yard rusher on you, maybe that's something I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have enjoyed. But, you know, as we look ahead to this week against Cal, obviously Jay not with 178 yards against North Texas last week. I get it, North Texas, but, you know, 347 rushing yards for Cal, that's just something, you know, that would be one, one of my big areas of concern if I'm Auburn this week saying it's got to start with, stopping the run in the interior of that defensive line up front. And you, I'm sure you've seen the comments from Jay Knott, Cal's running back, about the name and the film just don't line up for Auburn, and the name just doesn't mean a whole lot. Any, uh, It just doesn't make any sense for, for a guy like that to be talking about a team that's coming across the country as a touchdown favorite to play in your home on Saturday night. Yeah, I See, I'm I'm kind of the mindset of like I like the the WWE approach to college football. I like the trash talk. I like the bulletin board material. You know, it's funny. A couple of years ago, Coach O said something about playing Alabama, and somebody was like, "Don't give Alabama you know bulletin board material." And I said, "Oh, what? Alabama's going to try harder now? Like as if they weren't going to try their best to beat you beforehand?" <laughs> like I just think that stuff's so kind of fun. You know, it's just so funny. It's, it's right. more for fans and people. I mean, look the. Did the Auburn football team pay attention to those quotes? Probably. But, like, are they going to go to Cal going, now we're really going to beat you? Like, no, they're still going to try to win just as hard as they would have had Jay not kept his mouth shut. So uh, that's more fodder for fans and, and again, like the quote-unquote bulletin board material stuff. But, yeah, look, the kid was fantastic next week against North Texas. But Auburn ain't North Texas. They're much better. And, uh, again, I I just want to see that that wasn't – you know, that wasn't indicative of giving up 140 rushing yards to UMass, which isn't a lot, but, like, against an opponent like UMass, I just thought Auburn would have been, you know, hold them under 100 yards rushing, something like that. So that's where the tail of the tape starts with me, and I want to see a little bit more uh, confident Peyton Thorne. I want to see a couple more, you know, deep shots down the field, and uh, we'll see if they do anything tricky with Robbie Ashford, too. You know, now that you've used him in the red zone, he had the three rushing touchdowns, do we see maybe, you know, if, if Cal loads the box and you got Robbie Astrid in there, do we see maybe a check out of it to a, a passing play? I'm, I'm curious what creative stuff Philip Montgomery and, and uh, Hugh Freeze will have up their sleeves this week because you know they're going to have something like that coming this week. Speaking with Chris Gordy, he hosts the Locked On SEC podcast every single day for the Locked On Sports Network. Chris, some really interesting games in Week 2 other than Auburn Cal, Vanderbilt Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Tulane, Texas A&M, and Miami. Of course, the big one, Texas and Alabama. Don't sleep on that Arizona-Mississippi State game as well. Your thoughts on just a really interesting week two slate around the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, I've been saying all, all offseason, that is 
danger alert in, in week two with Tulane hosting Ole Miss. That is not a bad Tulane team. Michael Pratt's one of the best quarterbacks. I saw him at, at the Manning Passing Academy. Keep in mind, this is a Tulane team that's just a couple of months removed from beating the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, and USC in the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole, Ole Miss fans have been – I've seen way too much cocky and arrogance out there thinking that this is the, the second coming of, of Eli Manning or something. Look, Jackson Dart's fine, mission accomplished, but it was Mercer in week one, right? Like, uh, Tulane's going to do some different things, but, like, Tulane's got the offense that can go toe-to-toe with Ole Miss. So – I'll be curious to see. Quinchon Judkins, you know, the, the leading rusher in the SEC last year, he only had 60 yards on the ground. Granted, they didn't have to run the ball a whole heck of a lot. The big one was Trey Harris, the, the transfer from Louisiana Tech. He had four receiving touchdowns for Ole Miss last week. But this could turn into a shootout. Those Tulane fans are fired up. The game's a sellout. It's a small stadium at Ullman Stadium in New Orleans. And by the way, an afternoon game, those Tulane students are going to be drunk and rowdy, and uh, the alcohol will be flowing. So, Dangerous spot for Ole Miss. I know they're about a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite, but would not shock me at all if Tulane pulls off the upset. Lane Kiffin is sitting there, uh, you know, counting his uh, counting his, his new contract, saying, you know, what am I doing here at Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big one that intrigues me, Texas A&M at Miami. A&M looked great last week against New Mexico. The offense looked really good. Bobby Petrino, pass of flying colors. Connor Wegman with five touchdown passes. It was great. But now you got to go to Miami. I almost look at this as a must-win, Jacob. Like, wow. if A&M loses this game, what's going to be the talk on Monday? Jimbo's buyout. The Petrino experiment <laughs> isn't working. Yes. What happened with all those five-star recruits? If you win, we're feeling great about you. We're talking about A&M competing in the SEC West. They can beat Bama. They could be in the driver's seat this year. So I think this is a must-win for A&M. I know they're about a four-point road favorite. Mm-hmm. I think they get the win. And lastly, all offseason, I was feeling Texas in this one. I was not impressed with Quinn Ewers against Rice last week. Uh, I had a friend who was at the game. He said Quinn Ewers just was off target. He said he had wide receivers wide open down the field. He threw the ball out of bounds on a deep third Xavier Worthy. Then he throws a deep pass to A.D. Mitchell, and uh, A.D. Mitchell's looking up in the clouds for it. He can't find the ball. If they go play like that in Tuscaloosa, they're going to get their brains beat in. So, Are you changing uh, your pick? Yeah, I, I think I'm taking Alabama oh, now. No. Yeah, at home. I just I like what I saw from Jalen Milrow in week one. I do think Texas's defense is much better than Middle Tennessee, obviously, so they're going to give them a little bit more of a test. But Jalen Milrow's got to play well. If he turns the ball over, you know, if he has a pick or two and a fumble, like, yeah, Texas is going to be ripe for, ripe for uh, the upset. But um, I don't know, man. I just feel like at home in Tuscaloosa, those red strobe lights going, Dixieland, the light blaring. Uh, I think Alabama gets the win. Had, had Quinn Ewers and Texas played better last week, I'd feel better about them. And again, it's one, it's week one, and it was Rice, so I don't know if we could take a whole lot away from it, but I just got to go with the moment, and I just feel like the moment in Tuscaloosa, the eyes of the country, all the national attention is going to be on Alabama. If Quinn Ewers can stay healthy and poised and play, and play his butt off, you know Sark's coached there before. He knows what, what to expect going into Tuscaloosa, but – uh, I'm going to stick with the chalk. I'm going to stick with Alabama, but heck, it, it'll be interesting to see what Texas does. Isn't it crazy how so many people were thinking Texas is going to walk into Tuscaloosa, they're going to win this football game, and the Alabama dynasty will just crumble at the hands of Steve Sarkeesian. Then after week one, literally one game, a bad game, for, not a bad game, but not a good game from Texas and a really good game from Milrow and Alabama, everybody has changed. I'm the same way, Chris. I'm right there with you. I think Alabama wins this football game. 
Yeah, like uh, Ole Miss beat Mercer 73-7. to if, if Texas just did that to Rice, I, I get it. It's a, it's a lesser opponent, and it does the game ultimately doesn't mean a hill of beans. But had they done that, yeah, I'd probably be picking Texas. I just it was it was a surprise. They were at home. It was in Austin. You know, my buddy did mention he goes Rice had three tents set up on the sideline. It was ninety eight degrees there. He said they had three tents set up and and fans blowing. Texas didn't have anything. Their players were just sweating their butts off. And <laughs> he's like, I don't know if they were trying to prove a point or what, but like, you know, maybe that was part of it. Maybe that's why Texas didn't play their best, but. Again, Quinn Ewers, we saw it in the first half last year before he got knocked out of the game. He, he was completing balls all over Alabama's secondary and their defense. Yeah, he I was. I know Kevin Steele's going to blitz. He's going to get after it. They're going you know, to try to uh, sack Quinn Ewers a ton. But if Ewers can connect with his receivers, man, that they will have a chance to be upset. Absolutely. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joins me every Thursday at 3.30 here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Chris, as always, man, I enjoyed it. I, I, I just look forward to this conversation every single week and what is a really, really interesting week two in the SEC for college football. Let everybody know where they can find you, your great podcast, and what you got coming up. Yeah, Locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, we've got the video version up on YouTube now. We had like... Uh, uh, 6,500 YouTube views on Friday, 7,500 yesterday. I mean, awesome, man. A ton of people all checking out our YouTube videos. So go check them out. We got our buddy Chris Marler up there today. And uh, he's an Alabama fan. He's picking Texas. So you might want to go check that out on our Locked on SEC channel. Awesome, man. Well, hey, enjoy the football. And uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday, recapping week two and previewing week three. All right, thanks, Jacob. That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Go check it out. He does a wonderful job. Uh, nobody covers the SEC better than Chris Gordy. Go check it out. Uh, yeah, it's a podcast every day talking about all things going on around the Southeastern Conference. I'm sure they'll be having a conversation about the basketball schedules that just dropped. I know we haven't really mentioned it. Maybe sometime tomorrow we can look at it real quick when we come back. Um, but he'll be talking about that as well and picking Alabama to beat Texas this weekend there in Tuscaloosa. It is crazy crazy how the narrative has totally switched on that game after just one week of college football we got to get to our final break come back wrap it up quickly here on the thursday edition of on the line on espn 106.7 you are on the line on espn 106.7 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 winding down here on the thursday edition of on the line got just a minute or two before i get kicked out of here bill and dan will be joining us uh, or be here in the studio for the drive from four to six here on espn 1067 wow what a busy show that it was today it's like this every thursday in football season folks we uh talked a lot of auburn cow back in hour number one had tons of great callers in the first hour as well um we talked a little nfl today as the season gets started for uh, the National Football League. Chiefs and Lions tonight. I'm going to give you my pick. I'm going the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes, even with the guys that are out, including Travis Kelsey, I just think he's too good. Lions are going to be a good team, but just not yet in week one. I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs here tonight on Thursday Night Football. But talked about that. Had great callers in hour number one. Uh, Talked about the comments from the Cal running back, why it's dumb to make a comment like that, and why it uh, may come back to bite Cal come Saturday night, maybe even early Sunday morning uh, there in Berkeley. But talked a lot about that in the first hour. Uh, Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge joined me at the start of hour number two, talking about the tough loss against Enterprise last week as the Tigers for Auburn High School 
Get ready uh, to go down to Dothan tomorrow night and try to get back in the win column. Then, if you're just now, uh, if you're here, we just got off the phone with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, gave his picks for all the biggest games in the SEC, recapped week one, and previewed what is an awesome slate of games in week two of college football. Busy, busy show tomorrow. We've got my interview with Keontae Scott, my interview with Auburn volleyball head coach Brent Crouch, and then Uncle T-Bone joins me in the studio for our weekly picks around the SEC. And then, of course, our preview and predictions for Auburn versus Cal. That'll be tomorrow on the Friday edition of On the Line. Until then, 2-4 to four, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.